Hello, folks. Uh, let's be real for a moment. This episode is a little more adult than usual. Let's just say you're going to want to put a dental dam over your ears because our cancel thin audio phallus is going to be all up in that brain case, making a big wet mess of your brain. So if you can't handle that, it's time to flip the channel and listen to Radio Disney or whatever. You can float your boat, little boy, little girl. You know, the blue pill? This this is Radio Red Pill. If you're not ready for it, I feel sorry for you. But um, anyway, you've been warned. This is some heavy uh, stuff. I, I would have used a four-letter word to describe it, but this is the content warning, and that wouldn't be fair now, would it? Well, pleasant dreams to you, and enjoy the show. Please hold while we ask the customer if they would like to continue the call. Press 1. Okay. Um, so typical day, uh, uh, well, so I live alone and, you know, I wake up and make myself breakfast. I work out. I spend a lot of time on my computer just kind of messing around. So I'll be reading Twitter or, um, I don't know, reading New York times or something. And then I'll get a phone call and, you know, it'd be some guy wanting me to shit in his mouth. From Radiotopia, you're listening to Love and Radio. I'm Nick Vanderkolk. Today's episode, Thank You Princess, featuring Ciara Lynch. When I was about 12 or 13, I was teaching myself how to make like really simple websites. I was teaching myself HTML. And, and my mom lived just kind of out in the middle of nowhere, so there really wasn't much to do. And I got this idea because we had uh, four cats that would constantly catch the most interesting animals. Like, not just mice, but like snakes and bats and rabbits and odd mice with like kangaroo legs. I've always been kind of an odd girl, so anything unique and gross was really interesting to me. So one of the first websites I ever made was a memorial to all these animals that my cats killed. So I would like take a picture of this dead animal and I would post it and I would like name it and I would date it. <laughs> and uh, the whole website was just a memorial to all the animals that my cats killed. If you've ever been a young girl on the internet or pretended to be a young girl on the internet, like you're gonna give attention. I was used to creepy perverts talking to me online. Like the internet is kind of full of them. When I was about 17 years old, I ended up talking to this guy who randomly found me. This was way before Facebook. I think this was just like AOL Instant Messenger. But he found my screen name and he just started messaging me and he would you know, tell me that he thought I was really pretty and you know, that I was just amazing and you know, he, he like sexualized me but not like as an object, he sexualized me like as this goddess that should be like worshipped and revered. 
And then he would tell me all his little perverse fantasies. He was different than anyone else I'd ever talked to before because he had these unusual fetishes. He really liked getting peed on and he had a fetish for women's pantyhose. And I was kind of grossed out because I thought he was a creepy pervert. Like not enough to block him because I found him so interesting, but um, I was actually really mean to him. And for reasons I didn't understand at the time, he really liked that I treated him like that. And, and uh, he would be like, oh, I want to meet you. And I'd be like, no, I hate you. <laughs> and he would still want to talk to me. The reason I was interacting with him at all was because I didn't have to meet him in person. You know, I could just talk to him online and that was safe. So I was like, no, I'm not going to meet you. No, I'm not going to meet you. <laughs> you know, the meaner I was to him, the more attention he wanted from me. But he still wanted something more from me. One day he, you know, logs on and he's like, Oh, you're so amazing, and your piss probably tastes like honey, and it should be bottled and sold. And uh, I didn't think anything of it at the time. I was just like, yeah, you should buy it. And he agreed. We were just playing a little game. And I'm thinking, like, there's no way this guy's going to pay, but, like, what do I really have to lose? <laughs> you know, like, why not? A week later, I get an envelope from him, and it contained uh, $250. I was just like, holy shit. After that, I started thinking about it and I had heard of like women who sell their used panties and I figured there has to be a way to do that online. So I did like some research and I found this website called eBand. It's basically an auction site, just like eBay, but they specialize in items that eBay has banned. Women's panties, socks, shoes, Kleenex, tampons, pubic hair, chewed up gum, anything a woman could harvest off her body. These guys don't want just any random pair of panties. They want panties off a woman they're attracted to. So I just, you know, used a self-timer and took some pictures of myself and posted my first auction. They were mostly going for like 20 or $30, so not a whole lot, but my first auction ended up going for like $100. I kept going, I kept seeing like what else I could sell, like I liked seeing like what the weirdest fucking thing I could sell off this website. I just got a kick out of it. One time I sold what I called my toe jam. Basically I took some jam and I squished it with my feet. Like I took all these pictures of me just like squished, like I was making wine or something, just like squishing it between my toes. And then like I scraped it off and I put it in these little tiny like baby food jars, like little two or three ounce jars. And I sold them like individually, $30 a jar. I got the craziest pictures from this guy back. He dressed up in a woman's nightie and he had this jam and he printed out some pictures of me and then this sign that said, you know, I worship Princess Ciara. And he got on his knees like he was praying and he just like started eating this jam and like rubbing it on his face. 
after I, you know, was on eBand for a while and selling stuff, I would always look and see what other women were doing. Like, what, how were they making money? You know, what seemed to be selling well, like that sort of thing. And I found this woman who is now my friend. She goes by uh, Princess Lynn. And she had this website, um, and she called herself a financial dominatrix. Someone who humiliates men for money, and the men, like, actually get off on giving her money. And I was just so intrigued by that. I was like, wow, that's, that is what I want to do right there. That sounds perfect. You could set up phone lines where you get paid per minute, so you're like a phone sex operator, essentially. But since I was more of this fetish girl, the guys that would call me would, would usually be very submissive. And so I'd tell them they were a stupid piece of shit and like lick my shoe and kiss my ass and that sort of thing. Just kind of insulting and berating them. And they really liked it. So that's kind of the direction I turned to. Sierra Lynch is not your real name. Right. Do you consider it a character that you're playing? Yeah, it's it's a character. It's it's an exaggerated version of one side of myself. Like I yeah, I have kind of a bitchy bratty side and I just kind of tap into that and I I pump it up like, you know, 10 times. You know, I I play a total sadist. I I play someone who just exploits fetishes and, and and I wasn't really like this at first like when I was just kind of selling my panties I think it was a little more I was a little more neutral but as I progressed and I started playing more of the femdom role um it I, I became more uh sinister and sadistic and it's you know my character is all about um taking advantage of men and using their desires against them to get what I want I could show you my closet upstairs. It's, it's it's like lingerie and like bikinis and like sexy stuff like that. Um, stripper clothes. Um, so, you know, I, I don't get naked, but I get pretty close to it. You know, I don't want to seem like, like I'm on any moral high ground in that sense. When I'm in the clothes and I have my studio lights on and I'm about to hit the camera, you know, I just, I read it over and take a breath and I go. Could you give me a couple lines in character? In character? Yeah. Okay. I mean, can you turn it on like that? <laughs> yeah, I probably could. Um, all right, let me think. I will do. All right, I'll, I'll I'll pretend I'm talking to one of my foot boys. Yeah, here you can pretend. <laughs> Sorry if I look at you. Okay. Oh, you're a dirty little foot bitch, aren't you? <laughs> you just want to get on your knees and crawl to me. Suck off the dirt between my toes like a little slut. <laughs> you love it, don't you? You do, I can tell. I can see the little eager look in your face. You just want to please me so bad, don't you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually it got to the point where I was making enough money that it didn't make sense for me to keep a job that I hated that paid me minimum wage that I had to wake up really early and sacrifice a lot of my social time. And so I just started doing it full time and I haven't, haven't had a normal job since. How, how much of it was about the money and how much of it was like your own interest? Um, well, I wouldn't do it if I wasn't getting paid. Um, but I do get a kick out of it. I like that it's a job where I, 
I can kind of be creative. I think it's fun. I certainly like the fact that I work for myself. My time is flexible, but I don't get off on it. Like I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like it in the same way my customers like it. What are the what are the services you provide? What's okay. the menu? <laughs> so I kind of see it all as like this big machine. Like I, I make videos and I have phone lines and I have cam and then I have like my Twitter and my blog, and I try and keep all these plates kind of spinning because they they feed off of each other. Like a guy will watch a video and he'll want to call me, or he'll see a picture on my Twitter and want to buy a video. Like so, if I keep everything kind of going, like it really just like feeds off of each other, and so I try not to let you know any things slack. I still sell worn items once in a while. And then I have phone lines, phone lines where you can just talk to me. I have phone lines with a webcam where you can also see me. I have what is called an ignore line where guys literally call and I tell them they're stupid and I'm going to ignore them. And then I put the phone down. And as long as they stay on the phone, I get paid per minute. That's a fun one. How I make most of my money right now is through video clips. They're just point of view type videos. It's just me, camera pointed at me, and I'm talking directly to the camera so that the viewer feels like I'm talking to them. And I just, you know, humiliate them or I, I, I touch on like different fetishes. So like some guys like feet, some guys like it when you make fun of their small penis, some guys are into cuckolding. Some guys are into getting spit on. Um, so just there's a bunch of different things that I can touch on, and, and they're usually kind of specific, but they're all under the umbrella of female domination. After more research, <laughs> feels my duty, given my line of work, to really know how the male mind works. I found this website. I talk to all walks of life. I think there's this like misconception that the type of guy, there, there's this trope of guys at sea, a dominatrix, who are these high-powered CEOs, and because they have this high-powered status, they want to give up that power to a dominatrix. And yeah, I think there are guys like that out there, but that's not the main type of guy. There's all sorts of guys. There's guys, you know, high status, low status, just regular Joes, old, young, all races, all religions. Yeah, that's across the board. Let's say a guy calls me and he says, I'm a sissy. So a sissy means that he probably has a small penis. He likes to be made fun of for that. He likes to dress up as a girl. Uh, He has fantasies about getting pimped out, that sort of thing. So I could just go off and be like, oh, I'm going to put a leash and collar on you and I'm going to drag you to the nearest glory hole and make you put on your prettiest dress. I'm going to have guys just lining out the door, just ready to use your little slutty mouth. So like that sort of thing. And, and I, can, I can come up with that just from the fact that he said I'm a sissy. I had one that I thought was really cool. It was really different than anything I'd done before. Uh, there's this website. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called yourbrainonporn.com. And it's about the neurology of men who look at porn and it's arguing that porn is addictive and it's rewiring their brains and like all this sort of thing. I think it's total bullshit, but whatever. 
And so this guy wanted me to do a video where I was looking at this website and I'm explaining to him how I'm using this information to use against him and to use against all my viewers. And the whole video is just me just looking like an evil bitch. Just, I know exactly how to rewire your brain. I don't give a fuck about you. I'm going to make you addicted to me and you're just going to send me all your money and there's no way out. You're totally fucked. Notice your relationship suffering. Can't keep a girlfriend. Keep a decent job, set any goals, accomplish anything, because you're just a mindless drum for me. Total addict. Face it. Hopeless. So what are the more unusual fetishes that you've encountered? There is this fetish called giantess, and... It's a bit of a tragic fetish because it can never be realized, but it's basically um, guys who get off on the idea of a giant woman. They get shrunk down to the size of an inch or there's just this, you know, attack of the 50 foot woman, like destroying buildings, like Godzilla type thing. I will make videos or if I do a webcam show or whatever, I'll take the camera and I'll put it on the ground and I'll have it pointing up at me. So I look like I'm like really, really tall. And then... I talk about just crushing them with my feet or putting them in my mouth and chewing them up and swallowing them. A lot of it involves them dying somehow because of me. (laughs) I get guys that are into a version of cuckolding, which I think traditionally cuckolding is like when your wife cheats on you and you kind of get off on her sleeping with other men. Specifically, like, humiliation, too, right? Yeah, the humiliation of it, exactly. With my version of it, I will have guys, for instance, like, pay for my dates. Like, if I go out with a guy, I will, like, take a picture of the receipt, and I will send it to one of my cuckolds, and they will pay me for the dinner. Or they'll want to buy lingerie for me to wear for, you know, when I get busy with uh, a gentleman's suitor. Um, you know, I'll make videos where I just talk about how they can never measure up. I mentioned financial domination before. That's a fun one. It's just literally where guys get off on giving me money or having me control their bank accounts. Oh, they actually hand over control of the bank account. Uh, that's the fantasy. Um, whether guys actually go through with it is another story. Um, that's the kind of thing about financial domination. Like you hear about it, you're like, that's amazing. But you know, a guy can have that fetish and not necessarily have money or, you know, not necessarily give you real information. So it's usually a lot of role play. Same goes for like guys who have blackmail fetishes. They, they get off on the idea of me, having their wife's phone number or something like that. And then I could use that to get what I want from them, you know, be like, oh, you have to give me X amount of dollars or I'm going to call her or they'll, you know, send me some humiliating picture of themselves like in, in, in a thong with a dildo in their mouth or something like that. And then they'll give me their boss's email address and then, then I could get whatever I want from. But, you know, in, in reality, these guys will usually give fake information or pictures without their face in it, so they're, you know, really of no consequence. If you've had a bad day, is it kind of nice to go into work and get to just say horrible things at people? <laughs> um, the problem with me is, like, I actually have to be in a good mood to do this, because... 
these guys like what I'm doing, you know? And so if I'm in a bad mood, like I genuinely want to make them mad, which means I'm just going to ignore them or I am going to be really nice to them <laughs> or something just like the opposite of what they want. So it's actually better if I'm in kind of a good mood and, and then I want to play around and, and, you know, try and push those buttons and, and give them a good experience. The rate for this call will be $1.99 per minute. Press 1 at any... Please introduce yourselves. Hello? Hi. Hey, who's this? This is Mousy Mitch. Hey, Mousy Mitch. How's it going? I'm doing really good. Good. You you understand you called a listing where you're going to be recorded? Yes, ma'am. So you're okay with being recorded? Yes, ma'am. Good. That's what I like to hear. Thank you for making that so clear, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Have you called me before? Uh, Yes, it's it's been a while. I did your beautiful feet on cam. You saw my beautiful feet on cam? Yes, ma'am. I saw a lot of your videos. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is your favorite video? Um, anyone where maybe your smelly feet and when you're humiliating (laughs) viewers. Mm hmm. So you like smelly feet and being humiliated? Yes. Yeah. Smelly butts. Smelly butts? Well, I hate to break it to you, Mousy Mitch, but I shower regularly, so I don't really smell. I have a feeling that you probably smell pretty bad, though. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Are you jerking off right now? Um, yeah, I could tell. You? I could, yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. I could tell, though, like, right when I started talking to you, you had that breathy sound in your voice. You were, like, in the yes. middle of stroking. You were so excited to call me, weren't you? Yes. It's <laughs> very, very small, though. Yeah? How small is it? Um... Embarrassing to say, but maybe two, three inches. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? No. Your penis is two or three inches. Yes. <laughs> You're joking, right? No, ma'am. Oh my god. That is absurd. A two inch penis, seriously? Are you a virgin? Um. Yeah? How old are you? 43. You're a 43-year-old virgin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hate to break it to you, Massey Mitch, but you're going to be a virgin the rest of your sad fucking life. Yes, I will. (laughs) So, I I actually, like, was totally surprised by my reaction to this. Yeah. Because I felt really bad for him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can understand that reaction. <laughs> Do you think that he knows that it's okay to have a two-inch... Well, okay, but let's just back up. Do you think he actually okay. does have a two-inch dick? Um, I take everything guys tell me with a grain of salt, but, I mean, you know, that's not outside the realm of possibility. I certainly get a lot of pictures of 
two, three inch penises. So they are out there, but who knows? It, it, it's entirely possible he has a normal or even large penis and he just likes this fetish, you know? Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine there would be many guys out there, but I mean, who the hell knows? I can't imagine there would be that many guys out there who have, like, normal-sized dicks, who have some weird having a small dick thing. Yeah, it's pretty rare. I have seen it, though, on cam. I've seen guys with actually pretty large dicks, but they want to be made fun of for being small, so I don't know how that happens, but it does once in a while. I, I think it's more likely... Uh, I think he's probably not a 44-year-old virgin or whatever. That I'm a little more skeptical on, but again, who knows? Right. I got, I like really wanted to be, and this is probably why I couldn't have your job. But I kind of <laughs> want to be like, dude, it's it's okay. Like, just get really good at oral sex. You know? Is there any part yeah. of you that sort of, like <laughs> wants to say that? Sort of. There's a part of me that wants to tell guys stop focusing so much on your fucking dick all the time because that's really what small penis humiliation comes down to it's a way to get a girl to pay attention to your dick which is kind of what all guys are like in in, in some sense and so you know guys a lot of people like this fetish kind of blows their mind because it's like why would a guy like this it's like it's just another way to draw attention to your penis guys care so much more about the size of their penis than women do you know, and if you're so obsessed with your size, you're not paying attention to her. But it's not it's not so much like, oh, it's OK. You know, it's, it's, you know, there's other things you can do. It's more like, dude, stop being so selfish, <laughs> like pay attention to what she likes and you'll be fine. So tell me, Massey Mitch, do you do the little two finger jerk off? Yes. You know, where you use your thumb and your index finger to jerk off because your dick is too small. You can't reach your whole hand around it. Oh, yes, isn't that cute? Like you have a little baby dick. <laughs> Do you ever jerk off with a pair of tweezers? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of more of an ingrown hair at that point, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. So I think at this point, I'm like, okay, he is totally, like, he's totally into it. Because <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's gone into the realm of, like, ridiculousness. Where he's saying, yes, I jerked <laughs> off with a pair of tweezers. <laughs> I don't have a question to that. I just, I'm just, okay. I'm just sort of observing. This is like what I'm personally experiencing listening. You know, I think it would be really fun. Since you're so obsessed with things that smell bad and you have a tiny little dick and you have little fantasies about me beating up your tiny little worthless body, I think it would be fun to get on a pair of my really filthy hiking boots and go for a long hike on a rainy muddy day get them all nice and caked with dirt and shit and whatever else I pick up and then have you lie on the ground completely naked looking up at me and I'll just take my boot and squish your little fucking cock like it's a little worm just like gasping for air on a rainy day <laughs> and listen to you whimper and whine. Yeah. Did you say thank you? Yes, ma'am. Say it again. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> thank you for what? Thank you for stomping on me. Stomping on you more like it.
A lot of people ask me, you must think that all guys are into this sort of thing. And I don't, actually. I really, really don't. I feel like guys on my computer are into this sort of thing. <laughs> when I meet someone in person, it doesn't even occur to me unless they, they tell me outright, you know? A lot of times I really don't even see them as people. It's easy to kind of keep it in its own little box. I think it would be more difficult, at least for me, to be like a porn star or a stripper. When you're dealing with people in person, I think that's a lot more draining. I think maybe you are often seeing a really bad side of men, and that can be kind of wearing. You don't think of yourself as seeing a bad side of guys? Well, because it is all online, like it really does feel like a video game. And if you're literally like having sex for a living, I imagine that would be hard to kind of separate. I mean, I don't know. I've never done it. And I think it's a totally valid job choice. But I think it would be hard if, you know, you wanted to have your own sex life, especially since I, I think that sort of thing is a big deal breaker for a lot of potential partners. I've been really lucky in that. I've never scared guys away with this job before because I'm able to like keep it separate and it does seem so different from what I actually enjoy sexually. How do you decide where to draw the line? Like, so you don't get naked. Mm -hmm. What is the line for you and, and why is the line there? The no nudity thing kind of seems to go with the territory. I wouldn't be as successful if I did get naked. The whole idea behind what I do is my customers aren't worthy of seeing me naked. In their minds, if I did, I would be degrading myself. So it's nothing to do with you protecting yourself emotionally? Well, I mean, I'm glad I don't have to because I, you know, I, I know a lot of girls who do porn or, you know, just regular naked cam. And the attention they get from guys is really gross. It's just, you know, overly sexual, or guys are definitely a lot, um... This is, this is amazing to me, though, like, you get so much sexual attention from guys, what are you talking about? But it's totally different. Because they're submissive, it's, you know, oh my god, you're amazing, you're beautiful. It's a lot of compliments. Girls who do just, like, regular vanilla webcamming or whatever, they get a lot of compliments, too, but they get a lot of vicious comments as well. They get a lot of guys just, like, picking apart their body... Or thinking that just because they see him naked that they can go and fuck him. I don't know. The comments are just a lot grosser to me. Girls who get naked, it's it's like similar to like being a celebrity and being put on the front page of like a tabloid magazine where they're like pointing out like your cellulite or, you know, just like picking apart your body in that way. It's pretty rare that I get like a rude, nasty comment. I was reading your reviews on your um, on your phone line mm -hmm. and they're all super positive. But then once in a while, like, I, I remember one that really struck me, of like one one star review that was like she was really hot and she's really good at what she does, but then I came and I realized she's a horrible person, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just I'm just curious, what is it like to read stuff like that? <laughs> that always makes me laugh because men really are different people before and after they come. No matter what a guy's into, like I think that's true. So many guys I talk to don't want to like what they like, you know? They're into dressing up like a little girl and sticking things in their butts. And they don't actually want to like that, but they can't help it. I'll get guys that are just super excited. And then after they come, they feel terrible. They're just like, oh, and then they get mad at me. Like I did something to them, you know? 
But yeah, I think a lot of guys, they just want to be normal, you know, they just, they just want to have a normal girlfriend or just be into boobs and blowjobs like every other guy. I also get older guys who are married that are kind of like stuck in a way, either they have kids or they come from a really strict religious background and they really have to keep this side of themselves secret. Is that emotionally tough for you? Not really. I I empathize with it, but at the end of the day, it's not my problem. I would hope that what I do gives them some kind of outlet. Do you think the vast majority of guys really do sort of separate the the reality from the fantasy pretty well? I think most of them do. I think most of them are able to live a normal life. But I do see a lot of guys who seem to have a problem with it. Like really, it really seems to kind of take over their life. I'm skeptical to use the word addiction. I don't think that's accurate, but I do do see a lot of guys habitually watching my videos or spending too much time thinking about me or doing things that would be just very risky for them. Like what? I had a guy uh, one time, actually many times, he likes taking risks around his wife. So he has cammed with me in his bed while she was sleeping next to him. What goes through your mind when that kind of stuff's going on? I'm in my character. I I just go along with it. I I play the role as evil bitch. At the end of the day, they're making their own choices. I don't come up with this stuff. If he didn't want to cam with me next to his wife, I would never, it would never even occur to me to tell him to do it. It's my job to just play along with that fantasy. Has there been a risky situation in which someone did get caught or like anything? I guess you wouldn't find out about it if that were to happen, but. Not that I know of. It's hard to say. I would imagine if a wife did find out, and I'm sure it's happened before, um, it's a private situation from there. I I do get a lot of guys messaging me pretending to be an angry wife, and that's usually very obvious to me because they're not talking like a woman would talk. It's always like, oh, I found my husband looking at your videos. How should I punish him? You know, (laughs) know, so it's always like kind of obvious. Do you feel at all like playing this character is a shield for you? Huh. I'll have to think about that for a minute. Is it like a shield for me? I feel like I have to put on a shield to do it in a way. I can't take what anyone says to me too personally, or I I can't take it too seriously. I mean, I always kind of... Saw it as an exaggerated version of one side of myself. So in a way, I'm I'm shielding from all those other parts of myself that kind of make me a more three dimensional person. I got to shield people from the fact that you know I'm actually pretty nice and I'm kind of quiet and I I'm actually very laid back and I go with the flow and and that sort of thing. So that needs to be shielded, sort of. It did it at the beginning. I I, I really feel at this point I have a lot less to prove in that sense. I'm fairly popular in this very niche realm. I feel like I can let those other sides of me leak through, you know, once in a while. You're speaking about it in terms of um, shielding your reputation. I'm wondering if there's an emotional component as well. What do you mean? I imagine like a lot of guys are just like, they're saying weird stuff or whatever. I mean, do you feel like that stuff you just, you can care less about? Or is that something that by playing this character, it sort of makes it easier to swallow some of that stuff, you know? Oh, um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I think I'm just very much aware of the fact that I'm dealing with guys that are at 
the height of arousal and you can't really take anything they say seriously. One of the biggest mistakes that a lot of women make when they first get in this industry is they believe what the guys tell them. And so when they're really horny, they're like, oh, I'm going to give you all my money. I'm going to put you in my will. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, pay you every week. I'm going to be your slave for life. And then once they come, like that's, that's all said and done with. They were just talking. And the same goes for if they get vicious on you, which, you know, isn't, uh, doesn't happen too often for me because I deal with submissive men that, you know, think they worship me. Guys that are horny are, are almost like cognitively impaired in a way. And so you can't take anything they say seriously. Do you feel like your work has given you a, a greater insight into men generally? Or is it such a niche sort of specific thing? I think it's taught me how very vulnerable men are when they're aroused. I don't know. There's like a weakness to it that I think maybe a lot of women don't necessarily realize. What else am I going to use you for, huh? Um, If I need what? If I need to fart, is that what you said? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and what if I need to fart? What are you going to do for me then? Hmm? I'll, I'll your fart. <laughs> now, see, Mitch, how exactly does you sniffing my farts do anything for me? Hmm? I think that is pure luxury for you does nothing for me. That's just an indulgent, disgusting little thing that you want to do. I can do your footstool. I have footstools too. Let's go back to this farting thing because I find that really interesting. Since you're a sick little freak that wants to do that, well, I think uh, I think I need to take advantage of that, don't I? Yeah. I think you, Mousy Mitch, <laughs> need to go to an ATM, pull out a lot of money and then I don't know I think I want to charge you for every fart that you're gonna sniff of mine so something like mm, I don't know how much money do you make um, not very much not very much great I will bankrupt you then so I think something like a hundred dollars a fart is more than fair how long does it take you to earn a hundred dollars A day? Great. So, in one second, I can take what takes you a full day to earn. Through flatulence. (laughs) It's just such a shame that girls don't fart. Please hold while we ask the customer if they would like to pay your rate to continue the call. I hate when people jump on words, but you, the word you used is that you exploit these guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, like, do you do you view it as an inherently sort of exploitative practice? Sometimes I do, yeah. So I think it's a little bit exploitive. 
if you think exploitation means that someone has an advantage over you, yeah, I think I have an advantage over these guys. They can't help the fact that this turns them on and they have to spend money to get their rocks off. I mean, I guess in theory, they, they could use their imagination or, you know, find cheaper ways of doing it. But yeah, I feel like I definitely have the better end of the deal. I mean, is that different from any other service? Like if someone wants something and they buy it, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that exchange. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, sort of. Um, I, I feel like maybe other services... It's more of a fair price. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm always shocked like how much guys will pay me. It, it seems crazy to me at times. But if guys are willing to pay it, then I must not be, you know. That's just the market speaking, if you will. But um, these guys can't help what they like. Do you feel like you ever get a sense of them as real people? Do you get a sense of a larger life that they're having? The vast majority of the guys, no. They're here to jerk off and leave. And that's fine. I have uh, one guy in particular that I've been talking to for about eight years now. He would call my ignore line, which meant that, you know, he would call me and I set the phone down and I wouldn't talk to him. And he would just try and get my attention the whole time. And I usually had it on speaker because sometimes guys will kind of say funny, interesting things. And so I would hear him on the phone and he would, you know, just be like, hi, what are you doing? Huh? Like just <laughs> trying to get me to respond. And I would ignore him, ignore him, ignore him. And then he would just drive me nuts. And I'd be like, shut the fuck up. And I'd put the phone down and he'd like, oh, hi. <laughs> start up again. And then he started asking me like these questions, you know, like, you know, why do girls laugh at me? You know, why Why am I a virgin? Every once in a while, his questions would get, like, really dark. He actually talked about uh, how his parents would abuse him. And he would ask me, like, if he deserved that. For a while, I just thought that was part of the game. Yes, you absolutely deserve that. You're a piece of shit. Taking these personal problems that he has and just laughing at them. I don't know what it was, but after a while, I just kind of started to realize he was serious when he said that. He would ask the question and I would respond in a way that I thought he wanted me to respond. And rather than grunting or moaning or whatever, he would just sound really sad. So I started asking him more about that. And his dad was really abusive. He got into like specifics, just like objects he used to hit him with and things he used to say to him about how he was never good enough. He was telling me things that he maybe didn't even want to say to a therapist, but for whatever reason, he was comfortable telling me. You know, I would break character and I'd be like, you know what? No, no kid deserves to be abused. Like, of course he didn't deserve that. Our conversations transitioned into more of like a therapist-client sort of thing where he would want to talk about his problems. I would always tell him to go see a therapist. Like, go, like we could talk about this, but like, you need to get professional help. He was the first and really the only guy that I was ever like, look, you can't jerk off to me on the phone anymore. Like, this is kind of an either or. Either you come to me to jerk off or you come to me to talk about these problems. The two combined kind of just weirded me out. So, yeah, I made him choose between the two, and that's what he chose. So. And you're still talking now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty regularly. How's he doing? 
better, I think. He's a good guy. He's, he's really like, really, really, really good guy. Like very socially awkward, has the huge inferiority complex, was a virgin until he was about 26, 27. But recently, like, got a girlfriend and, you know, seems to be adjusting better. Have you ever met him in person? I have, actually. He's the one client, if you will, of mine that I met in person. He actually gave me, like, uh, I don't know, like $500 cash or something. Um, he, he still very much likes to pay me money. And, and when we do talk, it is over my, you know, paid phone lines. What's sort of your long-term goal with this? So much of what I assume is the attraction for guys is they see the photos, they know what you look like. I imagine it as you get older, the popularity probably wanes, right? Yeah. Um, do you, mm-hmm. Is that something you think about? Yeah, I think about it all the time. I, I've always kind of told myself that I will do this until it makes sense not to. I am just trying to milk this gravy train as long as I can. You know, I, I every year I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make this much money. I'm not going to make this much money. This isn't going to last. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to get complacent. And I've been really lucky. Like I seem to be actually making more and more money every year. I went to college. I have a bachelor's in psychology, which is pretty much useless unless I want to go back to school, which is always an option. But in the meantime, I, I just feel like I need to put all my focus on this and save up as much as I can and invest as much as I can. I really want to pay off my house in the next couple of years and just have that security. I'm not really sure what the future entails. That's it for Love and Radio. The show was produced by Brendan Baker and myself. Ciara's website is ciaralynch.com. That's C-E-A-R-A lynch.com. Although you probably shouldn't visit that site at work. Unless your work is awesome. We are a production of Radiotopia from PRX, whose founding sponsors are the Knight Foundation and MailChimp, celebrating creativity, chaos, and teamwork. Thanks for listening.